Tonight, I can report to the American people and to the world that the United States has conducted an operation that killed Osama bin Laden. Where we continue to follow the capture and killing of Osama bin Laden now. Those are just some of the scenes overnight as thousands of Americans gathered in celebration of Osama bin Laden's death. Former Navy SEAL Rob O'Neill says he has thought about the mission every day since that May Day in 20. From multiple conversations you had with Rob O'Neill over the past year and a half, how'd you get And you described that his head kind of exploded yes. when you hit I, him. Yes, I actually hit him three times because I shot him twice when he was standing and once on the ground. That is the fucking American badass. We are not going for fame and we are not going for bravado. We are going for the single mom who dropped her kids off at elementary school on a Tuesday morning, and then 45 minutes later, she jumped to her death out of a skyscraper. If you need help, hang up and then dial your operator. I'm Rob O'Neill, and this is the Operator Podcast. Well, here we are again, episode 28 of the Operator Podcast, and that is very cool. Thanks for listening. Uh, from one operator to another operator. I've heard some people in the comments section mentioning how they're an operator at a certain hotel, mentioning they're an operator, um, you know, doing their thing to help other people, and that makes me really happy because you got to give yourself credit. If you're, you know, if you're doing a good job, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I did a good job, and there's nothing wrong with uh, taking credit as an operator, doing what you do in day-to-day -day life. And... Um, you're going to make mistakes as well, and that's fine because we learn from mistakes. Try not to repeat your mistakes. I repeat this message a lot about not repeating myself because uh, I think repetition, eventually you might learn. If you screw up, try to learn from it. Try not to do it again. Uh, I screw up all the time, and I probably will in the future. But uh, something else I heard someone say today was uh, every day think of something you screwed up and just forgive yourself. Nothing wrong with that. Learn from it. Try not to hurt other people and get over it, which is fine. Uh, as you can tell, if you are watching this on YouTube, we have a new lighting structure a little bit and a different angle of yours truly because that I guess that means we got a budget, so we're not going anywhere. Something like that. I also, if you look behind me, I have a baseball bat. It's a very cool bat that I got um, because... You can't whoop someone's ass with a bat if you don't have a bat. So now I have a bat. So this is episode 28, and um, it's going to be a lot of fun. As usual, as is normal with me, I take notes, and I usually just go right off script off the bat. I, got, I have got a laundry list of notes, but um, who knows if we're going to get to them. Because it's been a very interesting week, a little bit of travel, a little bit of uh, canceled travel, and things like that because... You know, I fly a lot, and I, I don't yearn for the airport. It's kind of a – I'm used to it. But, you know, if you want my miles, just DM me. I'll give them to you because I'm not taking – if I have time off, I'm not taking a flight anywhere. But um, one thing I was able to do this week is I went on a place called Twitter Spaces. If you haven't heard of that, it is a, it's a place where people can get together and somebody can host – and uh, people can join the, the conversation and ask questions. And I was on with Nelson Apega and on the night show. Um, it was awesome because he's got a very diverse um, audience. And he just hit me up on DMs. There was, someone was mentioning something about the big raid. And 
they some someone suggested me and I answered and we went on there and it was it was a lot of fun because there were people from around the world on this with questions and like they're they're I'm sure they're moderating them but I was able to talk to different people around the world and and for the most part everyone was respectful but you got to consider this is Twitter and um, I could I, like I had my uh, my headphones on and I could actually listen to people and and I I heard from you know everything from uh, people who survived 9-11 had family members who were killed in 9-11 a couple of them friends and family that were down there and it was also sort of a conspiracy theory um, page which is fine there's nothing wrong with that I, I you know I I don't really know what to believe nowadays with w- what's going on <laughs> like there the, and I've mentioned that before too that there are things that go on that you know maybe maybe that is what's happening maybe that's not what's happening but chances are and I found this that the usually the truth is from point A to point B usually it's not as complex as you make it as you want it to be and obviously the 911 conspiracy was brought up and you know and I'm but instead of like thinking about a tweet and then you know I do I think I pay my what is it how much is it a month whatever for Twitter bloop which means I can edit for 30 minutes instead of typing something and staring at it and editing it I'm talking to someone who asked me about the conspiracy and I, and uh, you know at ground zero and I said the the problem with people who haven't worked in the US government is they think the US government's better than it is I don't think we possess the capacity to put the amount of explosives that would be needed in towers that size in lower Manhattan to take them down. There's no way, because Karen, there's at least one or two Karens on every, if you've never been to a high-rise building, before you go through the pretty glass with the three attorneys' names on the thing, you go up to, (laughs) no disrespect, I just realized I sound like an asshole to people that are doing that job. No disrespect, but uh, there's there's Karen. Karen will inevitably... She'll be there, and you're not getting past her with all the explosives. I used to use explosives, and they're awesome. But to take down, to to get in the infrastructure of that wall, to get to the beams that hold it up and to the amount of explosives you need at the right time, set at the right time, um, and the just the, the overall explosive weight to take ta- two of them down, Karen's going to notice. You you can't just roll in there, you know, with your with your lunch pail. You know, I got my lunch pail, I got my, my note from my mom and I'm going to work and start putting bombs on beams, man. You can't do it. So I you know, I I, the, I, I, I talked about that. It was a very uh and you know, I would have people that would get on there and they would also say, Thank you for saying that because I'm tired of arguing with these people on Twitter and I guess whatnot like that. And then, you know, they there was the People were happy that there's there's a picture going around of Osama bin Laden, and it's obviously photoshopped. Like there's a picture of him giving whatever sermon he's giving, if you call it that, or issuing a fatwa on, on us. And then there's a picture next to him. It's obviously the same picture when someone photoshopped it, and someone someone was trying to make a point that this is obviously photoshopped. I'm like, well, no shit. They haven't released the pictures. We have pictures in the the bedroom with my gloves on it. We have pictures when we brought him back to Jalalabad. We have pictures of him when we brought him to Bagram with professional photographers and DNA guys. There, there are different pictures, and, and we, you didn't just prove that it's Photoshopped. It's a fake picture, and I'm telling you that right now. The one that cracked me up, I don't know if I've said this before, is the, the one of the, the picture of the team that got bin Laden, and they're all 
in their gear with their guns and they have like skull masks on and their helmets. I've actually seen that picture in a congressman's office. And I had to say, you know, those are action figures. That's not the team. That's just the action. Those are action figures of someone lined up. It's a badass picture. And I'm not saying anything against some of these action figures. Those are dope. There's some really good action figures. And then I was asked, okay, about call, call the duty, call it, call of duty. Sorry. Call of duty. Uh, which I have, by the way, I have my PS5. I'm looking at it, and I still haven't opened that damn thing yet. I got to do it, but I know me, and I will waste time, and I'll get my ass kicked by a 12 year old who talks shit because you know I got the headset. And fuck you, kid. I am, um, but but the, like the action figures and these video games. They asked me um, how realistic are these video games. I said way too realistic. Other than respawning, they're way too realistic. I meet those those kids that would whip my ass, and they know more about ballistics than I do because of the games, and that's pretty badass. But just on there talking about that, and I wasn't necessarily expecting to get on Twitter spaces. I do, um, if you don't follow at Makuya, I recommend it because he's, he's funny. Very entertaining. Um, yeah, so uh, I did that, and that was cool. And then uh, I went to uh, Fox News in New York to film with Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan Uncensored, and that's awesome. Um, he's a great dude, and I, you know, I know what you're thinking. Get over it. He's a great dude. What? But but speaking of Twitter, uh, there was a woman named Louise Mensch, and she's a she's a she's on Twitter quite a bit. And just in the past, <laughs> she and I had sparred a little bit on Twitter. And again, don't take social media too serious. It's not the the person that says something mean to you, unless you go to school with them, and sometimes not even if you go to school with them, because you can settle it with a face-to-face, a belly-to-belly, or a bat. Bring a bat. Um, you know, just someone is not yelling at you. They are angry about something you said or something you wore, and they're screaming at their phone at something you said. It's not about you. But uh, Louise mentioned I had uh, had some back and forth here and there, and it's, it's been a few years like that, this is back in the day when uh, I was just first getting to know social media, and I was taking everything serious, which you don't need to do. And once you realize it's not real, that's fine. But uh, I saw that I was going to be on a uh, what they call it a panel. That's when you go into the studio, and there's the host and a panel of two, three, maybe four. I've seen six on <laughs> MSNBC. Don't know. Just everyone talk. It's like when too many too many people on stage have a mic and everyone's screaming. Just, you know, come on. But uh, I saw her name on there, and I was like, well, this is going to go one of two ways because I don't know if she likes me. And I'd I'd only seen her once before um, at the studio in passing, and I'd never met her before. This is a a couple months ago. And as I'm walking into the studio to get on television, she said, hey, we've sparred on Twitter. And it didn't click that that was Louise. Anyway, um, I saw her name on there, and it's like, well, we've been yelling at each other on Twitter How's it going to be in person? Because we're going to be on on camera for an hour, right next to each other. And so I walked in, and the way the the green room is set up um, in most most news places, it's different. At, like Howard Stern's got the best green room, but the green room is normally set up with like a couple places to sit, a couple couches, a couple chairs. You've got t- like two rooms: one's hair, one's makeup. You got like a, a coffee machine. They got a really good coffee machine there. I used to break their coffee machine at Fox all the time. Because it was one where you had to like put in the caplet 
but it's not a it's not a Keurig. It's like you got to put this in here and hit these buttons and all this stuff. And like like you have to show your master's degree in 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 electrical engineering or whatever the shit. And I'd break it, but they got a new one there. And you go in and sit. So I I walk in. I'm an hour early, and Louise is is in the other room I see her and I go hey is that Louise and she goes hey is that Rob and I walked up and I said yeah the last time we saw each other it was just for a couple of seconds and I said I wanted to make sure we introduced ourselves and I we we exchanged some some niceties and it was like yeah it's nice to meet you she goes yeah I was worried this was going to be awkward <laughs> but it wasn't at all it turns out to be she's a fabulous woman um and you know I disagree with a few things she says but I disagree with a few things that Piers Morgan says it doesn't mean we're bad people it m- matters it, what matters is that we disagree, and that's okay. And it's okay to um, to have a different opinion. But if you're in, if you surround yourself with yes men, and you're only in a room with people who tell you what you want to hear, you're in the wrong room. So we turned out to get along great, and we and we talked about everything from the uh, South Park thing with uh, Meghan Merkel and Prince Harry, and we talked about uh, words that are being scrubbed from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Because apparently, if you say certain things, people will be offended and you'll hurt their fat little feelings <laughs> or whatever. Uh, like, Char- if you haven't read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, obviously get it now. Don't get the scrub version. And then watch Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory with um, Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka. I said the only thing, like, the, you know, Augustus Gloob was the fat kid and he got sucked into the chocolate river. I don't want to ruin it. And then Veruca Salt was, she was the bitch, but I don't think they say bitch anymore. But, uh, you know, and she's, you know, she did something, and I mean, kick-ass punk band, Veruca Salt, because of that. But I was when I was watching Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the movie, it's Charlie and Charlie, and they, they redid it. I, I'll be honest with Johnny Depp. I haven't seen it. He's got to be amazing. But the only thing that should have offended you from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is fucking Grandpa Joe. Because there was he bedridden for 20 years, laying in bed, getting served, Maybe some bread and a little bit of broth, a little bit of bone broth from mom who's working two jobs and doing everyone's laundry in the uh, in the boiling water right next to the chicken she's boiling. If they're lucky to have that, and uh, they um, he twenty years he's in bed and Charlie comes home. The way it works is uh, Willy Wonka decided to put f- uh, some golden tickets into some chocolate bars around the world. And if you get a golden ticket, you get a go get a tour and like a lifetime supply of chocolate. And so poor Charlie comes home and he, you know, he's in the candy store with all the rich fuckers, kids running around, get free candy. He can't afford anything. Someone gave him a little bit of coin. He rolled back and he, he got a golden ticket. He's running through town. As soon as that punk grandpa Joe sees that he got a golden ticket, guess who can dance? Grandpa fucking Joe can dance. So that's the only thing that offended me. We talked about that South Park, uh, Russia and stuff like that. We'll get into that today. But the point I was making is that uh, you can you can disagree with people and be polite. When I was on that um, Twitter space this week, I had women that were that, that had questions, and they were from Eastern Afghanistan. They were posturing and they were asking, "How could we go in there and kill that many people? And how do we consider ourselves the good guys and not um, stormtroopers?" Because yeah, a lot of people there didn't know why we were there, that we're living there. They were just trying to, you know, they all the Pashtuns and all the Afghans really knew was war the entire time anyway, but we didn't even take the time to learn their culture. And her, and she was respectful, asking me, you know, if someone had invaded Montana 
and I was there. Obviously, I'm going to fight for Montana and the occupiers, and that's a damn good question. But she, of all people, was respectful to me, and she's got me on Twitter, which means anonymous, and uh, she can say whatever she wants. But the whole thing is um, like when I posted a picture of Piers Morgan and myself on Instagram recently at Makuya. And, you know, people are saying, well, don't get too close because he's a gun grabber and he's going to try to steal your guns. No, he's not. He's got a different opinion. And he's, he's cordial enough and articulate enough to sit down with and have a conversation with. Maybe you disagree with his stance on this. You probably disagree with it. I disagree with it. But, you know, the, you don't need to just say, well, I won't watch that shit. Well, why? Why, won't you, why are you only going to watch people that are telling you the same shit, the shit you agree with? See something else. Be smart enough to disagree with them. And, oh, here's a crazy idea. Have a retort. And, and I believe me, I, don't, I do this all the time. I'll just bitch sometimes. It's like, okay, what's the answer? Oh, well, shit, haven't thought that far. But, I mean, I go, into, I go into a place where we disagree. We all disagree. We have a good conversation. We don't even agree with um, the, each other. There, there were um, – Leon Panetta was on there. He was the uh, head of the CIA and the secretary – head of the CIA when he, author, he helped authorize the bin Laden raid, and then he was the secretary of state. And he was talking about Ukraine, and he kept saying, well, you know, we need to um, – we need to keep defending democracy, and he's running the Clinton line, and I respect the shit out of him. Leon Panetta, and one, he's one of the guys that I've met before where when he's in the room, like his politics or not, he's probably the smartest guy in the room. But I respectfully disagree. Okay, it's horrible what is happening to the civilians, but uh, what's the end game? What's, what is a win? We're either all in or we're all out. We, no, I mean, we're not. We don't do that anymore. We mission creep the shit out of it. We don't want, you know, we'll authorize certain things just to a point where we can keep this war going. But we, there's no end game. There's no finish line. So what's the point? And I just respectfully disagree. And we, get, we, you know, we got a couple people in there that disagree. But the point is, just because you don't agree with one or two subjects with someone doesn't mean you just don't, sh- you don't shut them out. I mean, think about, your, think about your friends that all they watch is Fox News. They're, they're getting one part maybe a few parts. Then think about your friends that all they watch is CNN. They're getting one of another part or two of another part. There is nothing wrong with diversifying your bonds. It's okay to have more than uh, more than one angle. Like what, something doesn't work from here. We tried from over there. There's nothing wrong with that. And it's okay. I mean, it's I've had better conversations with people with whom I disagree than with people who just agree with me. And I'm God bless my father. I'll just say shit to my father or watch him just agree with me because he loves me. <laughs> or because I have that chili recipe or whatever the shit I'm talking about. But um, yeah, it was it was interesting um, just to be on there and not the you don't need to disagree because part of the problem with a lot of a uh, we're, we're so lucky to be born in the West that we make up problems. And then we find ourselves dividing each other based on certain uh, subjects. Then, then um, you know, instead of trying to find a solution, we divide and we're only this and we're only that. And that's not the way to do it. You ever feel like we're on the brink, but the government and the fake news uh, don't want to tell us anything? It always seems like they're throwing distractions at us just to take us away from the reality that looks like it's right around the corner. Between the government trying to print their way out of debt, global military conflicts, and a looming food shortage. Preparedness is no longer a choice. It is a necessity. At times like these, you can trust My Patriot Supply. 
Their three-month emergency food kit comes packed with tasty, and I'm being serious, tasty meals with over 2,000 calories per day. And right now, you'll automatically get $200 in free survival gear with each kit that you order. These products, they will save the day when the crisis comes, and it's coming soon. Self-reliance is your only option. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and get $200 with a free survival essentials with your three-month emergency food kit. Everything is in stock and ready to go with free shipping, too. Take advantage of that. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com before the next disaster strikes. MyPatriotSupply.com. So at the risk of picking sides, because I did mention some of the the cable news networks, and I've been on most of them over the past, uh, I don't know, eight years, nine years, something like that. And I've had, I've had seriously nothing but... Um, good experiences with with uh, the producers who started up, and the I'll tell you what the friggin' people in the makeup room. There's men and women in the makeup room that do your hair and do your makeup. I don't know how some of them don't have just the sweetest book deal ever because that is a gold mine. That is that is a potty mouth central where if you're so used to getting pampered and having someone do your makeup and your hair, which is awesome by the way. Um, Boy, the shit that they have heard, and I don't know if there's an NDA, a non-disclosure that they need to sign, but man, there's got to be some story. I've heard personal shit. Oh, I've said shit in there. It's like, ooh, I probably should have um, not said that. <laughs> probably should have made that joke, but uh, what are you going to do? If uh, it's a segment on primetime after happy hour, you are your own lion. Um, but I was, watching, uh, I was watching Tucker yesterday, and uh, Vivek Ramaswamy... Vivek Ramaswamy, I hope I hope I don't say that the wrong way. He announced, uh, I'm bringing him up because he announced that he's uh, running for president of the United States, and he was talking about the divisions that are happening in the country. And, I mean, really, really good, solid, down-to-earth points. And he's not really picking a, a side as as much as he's picking um, um, just his, the principles that he likes, and it's not dividing each other. Because I, I bring him up because I, I, was just, I was just sitting there last night watching, just had it on in the background, and I'm doing my Twitter shit because it's a, it's it's the truth, the tweets are the truth. But I'm listening to him, and all of a sudden, I started paying attention to what he said. And he he was mentioning basically the made up problems that we put on each other, and how we're at a point now where we we take emotion over logic, and facts don't matter, and they don't. You can't say a certain thing because if someone screams at you, then you're going to get in trouble for it. And um, it reminded me of the the Marxism type stuff that you hear that are going on right now and you know a marxist revolution it's all based on karl marx who never had a job and the principles of big government no personal property um government takes care of everything big brother from cradle to the grave type stuff and that's what i mean you sort of see that now too with the one of the things about divide and conquer is you start to label people and you see a lot of that going on don't you nowadays it's not really the um i'm an american it's i'm i'm a I'm an Irish American. I'm an African American. I'm a I'm an Asian American. Well, you know, you were born here and it's pretty good. And and it's so good that we we kind of make up problems that we don't have and and this there is a plan that started in the well, probably before the 50s, but you got the the communist, the Soviet era, Soviet Union era Leninists that um you know, Uncle Joe Stalin that they wanted to start infiltrating uh, places like this. And th the first thing is divide and conquer. 
and that's what they wanted to do. And and there there's been admissions of this by KGB officers, who, by the way, um, Vladimir Putin is, and China is communist. So it just it's worth keeping out. But there was a KGB officers who were interviewed in different places around the world because they're trying to put their influence everywhere. And, that, and you know, not that we haven't and other people have, but the communists were smart about not doing it up front. You got to stab them in the back. And there were um, officers who emphasized how manipulation of public opinion can make people reject obvious facts to cater to the existing perceptions and interests. So they realized they were going to do this. How, how are they going to do that? Well, the first step is to the demoralization which according to some of these KGB officers took 15 to 20 years to get people demoralized, which is a word that they made up. And during this phase, young people are influenced to question the integrity of a certain country and raise suspicions through media propaganda and academia. Now, what does that tell you? Well, the, uh, the professors are probably going to be in on it. The teachers are going to be in on it. And they're going to make you think your country is bad. Start it from there. It takes 20 years. But think back to, you know, the, the people that were against the war in Vietnam. And that we've talked about that, too. But uh, the, the radicals that started taking over the, um, um, the colleges, now they're professors. And uh, he says that uh, perception takes the center stage of, and facts become meaningless. And the lack of moral standards in society can contribute to this. And so the, the more you can influence the younger people, the older people start to lose, not control, but they, you know, they lose a little bit of um, uh, moral, not moral, but like the, the village elder type um, um, moral high ground due to con- consistent attacks on them. So that, you know, the dudes that are a little bit older, I mean, you see it now too. What's, when you, whenever do you, do you say something to somebody online and the response is, okay, boomer. Like, what could you possibly know? Well, you, you know, you, maybe you're getting influenced. Demoralization, the phase was completed. Um, the Soviet Union, they said they completed it. So they, they're saying this back in the 80s. So they started in the 50s, and they were going to, like I said, they're going to beat us without firing a shot, and they were surprised how fast it was. Uh, and he just said it was because a lot of those radicals that we just mentioned are uh, high positions in the government, mass media, and civil services. So they're kind of taking over. You got some, and... Uh, they also figured that if we can get that in place, which this, the certain KGB officers who were interviewed said, if we can get this in place, which they said they had, it'll take 20 years to create a new generation of patriotic Americans. And that could be anything. And I, again, I don't want to pick sides, but I certainly don't want to show up. I'm a public speaker. I don't want to show up somewhere and have someone shout me down. I don't need my TV show canceled because I said, watch out for some of these Marxist movements that admit they're Marxist, but I can't say that because... They're burning down cities, even though they're mostly peaceful. And so I, I brought up that word normalization. It's derived from Soviet propaganda that seeks to downplay a drastic change in society in a country as they, they'd say it's a normal phenomenon. And here's a quote from one of these KGB guys. He said, this will happen in America if you allow the schmucks to bring the country to crisis, promise people all kinds of goodies and paradise on earth. Destabilize your economy, eliminate the principle of a free market society and free market competition, put a big brother government in Washington with benevolent things. And that is a quote from KGB, divide and conquer. And they would even tell um, some of the agents that are infiltrating this country, and this is just Russia at the time, we're not even touching on China and what they're doing at the universities and how they're stealing everything and how 
places like the NBA don't say shit because they get the sweet deals from, um, you know, the sweatshops that Nike's making. They don't even hear a lot of word about that. They're going to cancel Fast and Furious, so you better speak in Mandarin to our people. But um, at the time, the KGB was saying, you don't need to be paranoid unless the United States wakes up. So, bringing it up. And here's the craziest part. He said, that, and these are not the influencers that infiltrate from these communist places, um, but the people that they influence. And he would call them the useful idiots, the people that we can convince to start doing this. And what he meant, he calls them useful idiots, and he said, professors, actors, media, and radical students. And and these useful idiots will think they're, once the communists take over, they were going to get riches beyond their wildest dream. But inevitably, those people who were turned to communism finally see the truth of what's actually happening once it's too late. So you don't get your mansion as one of these radicals that was turned by a communist. He said you get gulag or just lined up and shot. This portion of my podcast, the Operator Podcast, is sponsored by Bluetooth, so let's talk about sex. Guys, shouldn't you always be at your best? This is the year to maximize your performance in the bedroom. Listen up, BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part, it's all done online. So you don't need to go see the doc, um, the doc at his office. You don't have to have any awkward conversations. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. Guys, remember the days when you were ready to go always? Don't be the guy that says, I don't need it, because you don't know until you try it. You could be missing out on the best sex of your life. With Blue Chew, men everywhere are excited to see the postman because, like I say, when your package has arrived, your package has arrived. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special offer uh, for our listeners today. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code OPERATOR at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. It's worth it. That's bluechew.com, promo code OPERATOR. You receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank BlueChew for sponsoring this part of the podcast. And that is the recent past and the current style of communism, of Marxism, socialism, if you will. And you hear people mention that are pushing the socialism. They call it democratic socialism now. And, or they have been for a while. They're bringing that in, and that's you know, everything from their Green New Deal to these wonderful programs to the religion of climate change. Those are the tactics it came from with, uh, you know, with Karl Marx. It was based on that, and then it's the infiltration of what's happening. And we've been dealing with Russia, and uh, China's, doing, you know, China's doing it way better because they've infiltrated everywhere in the United States. But we're still... We're still working against Russia because, well, we, did you see recently on President's Day, 
President Joe Biden went over to Ukraine to meet with President Zelensky. And it's still difficult to know what's really going on over there, what's actually going on. I've, I haven't been there in a, I haven't been in, to Ukraine since I think the late 90s. I'm not over there right now. I know we have Americans that are there now and would have a better finger on the pulse of what's actually happening in Ukraine and the why. But as I just mentioned, with the media being behind the people that they want to push, uh, President Biden was there and the New York Times started comparing Joe Biden going to Ukraine, to Kiev, um, to George Washington, and George Washington crossed the Delaware to fight the Hessians on Christmas during the Revolutionary War. And, um, you know, people on different news stations are just crooning over him uh, about, about everything. That how it's brave, and he went to a war zone, and no president's ever been in a war zone like that. And I think they forgot that. Um, I mean, the the president uh, uh, when he was vice president, uh, President Obama went to some of the war zones. Donald Trump went to some of the war zones. Uh, George Bush went to some of the war zones. And they, I mean, because they were saying that's the most that's the closest that any president's ever been to combat, or whatever they were saying, and how they're trying to build it up because that's the a lot of the media machine saying that. And Joe Biden even said, you know, he's been to a war zone a, a bunch of times. He was he was shot at in the green zone. Now, I, I need to stop for a second because, yes, people have been hit on base. You're not really going to get shot at in the green zone. And just because, I mean, even if someone is shooting near the green zone, you can hear it. You didn't get shot at. Getting shot at is a, a lot more up close and personal. But that was when he was on the debate stage um, running for president, one of the many times that he ran for president, but before he became the most popular president ever, ever, ever. But he was up there talking about how he get, got shot at, and, and there's there's no proof of that. But, you know, Hillary Clinton said the same thing somewhere in, in Bosnia where, you know, the, they, they've said they've got shot down in helicopters before, all, all kinds of nonsense, and the media is going to be with them and go with it. They, they, if we if we had any uh, anyone involved in our political process get shot down, in Bosnia or Kosovo or Afghanistan or Iraq, it'd be a bigger story than them. They they like to uh, inflate it a little bit, but for them to sound like uh, Joe Biden is carrying the American flag as he's running into and the, you know the sound of the gunfire, like a lot of people say they like to do, is just wrong. Because they were talking about here's the here's the sitting commander in chief, and he's. Walking with President Zelensky, the brave President Zelensky, the savior of man, and there are um, there are sirens going off for air raids that are going to be rocketed. And he, you know, they didn't they didn't stop the ceremony because they're so brave. Um, but I mean, we told we well, I wasn't there. The United States told Russia they tipped him off. The president of the United States is going to be coming to Kiev. Um, just to let you know, and, and they're not going to try to do anything to President Biden uh, right now. That's 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 a game changer. But just even watch, watching um, these, the president, both presidents, Zelensky and Biden. Did you see the the video of President Biden trying to walk down the red carpet? He, I don't think he had his Adderall yet because it looked really sloppy. And he, I mean, if you can imagine, he looked. Um, confused and didn't know where he was going and he couldn't stand the red carpet 
But as he was walking into one of them, the, um, the, the sirens were going off. Now, again, if you're on base in a place like Afghanistan, uh, you can get rocketed and people have been hit with rockets. But when you hear that, you, you blast the siren if there are missiles coming in. If it's a threat, the sirens go off. And I don't care who you are. Most of the time, if you, if there's if, if there's incoming fire, you get into the bunker. No one moved. The the guards that were there that should have been fighting hand to hand, Braveheart style against the Russians, which is pretty much what we're being told and how brave they are. Uh, they should get to a bunker and they should get their leaders to a bunker. That didn't happen because it's all a show. There's nothing brave about it. They're just walking down a red carpet with this big. Uh, Big entourage and big hullabaloo, which is a great word. And it's basically that was a staged campaign event so that he can, he, the president, can run again in 2024, which I'm actually hoping for because it's going to get entertaining. Just, you know, it's entertaining now. But, um, yeah, nobody nobody went to the, the bunker. And then so the president goes to, um, he went to Ukraine and then he went to Poland and he was sitting down with Polish leaders and the Polish uh, and, and Poland's awesome. And Poland has see Poland is a NATO country. Ukraine is not. And if they're saying that um, Russia will not stop at Ukraine, they'll just keep rolling through. Poland's right there. And we have 40,000 troops in Poland, which I'll get to in a second. But uh, President Biden announced how he was uh, from a certain part of the United States and then he moved to a, a smaller working class town. If you didn't know that, he's a, he's a working class guy. Uh, he moved to a, um, a it was a, a neighborhood where either everyone was Polish or Italian. He was actually uh, he said he was sort of surprised growing up that there wasn't an SKI at the end of his name by Dinsky because, uh, you know, w- whenever he's talking to um, anybody, he relates to them and he, was, he grew up with them. He's, he's done everything from the, the pool when he beat up Corn Pop, the gangster. He's done this before. He'll do it again. Um, it's just, you know, for show. To say what you can say now, but now um, with these talks, they're saying uh, the the House Armed Services Committee, which is a committee in the House about armed services, they're um, they're talking about adding nukes, adding nuclear weapons to Europe, which should scare the shit out of you, because Vladimir Putin just announced he's getting out of the final treaty that he had with the United States, that the United States has had with um, Russia about nuclear weapons, and the, the treaty essentially says it limits how many nuclear weapons you can have in certain spots and forward deployed as far as we're concerned. And that's on submarines, which I think both countries have. The two premier nuclear countries, the United States and Russia, um, Russia's pulling out uh, on, on the, the, pretty much the one-year anniversary of when they invaded Ukraine. So now we're talking about adding more nukes, which is, of course, spending more money, more of your money. And Russia is going to – they say they're probably going to triple their amount. So – all the talks previous about um, limiting each other's nuclear weapons. And, and it was simply, even if we were cheating and fudging a little bit, which we probably were, there's an inspector general somewhere that's inspecting the nukes, and then we report it to each other like annually. So you can kind of keep an eye on who has nukes where, which is good, because it sucks that you need to keep nukes. And I think Albert Einstein said he never would have invented the technology if he had known what was happening. And it's these, I mean, it's not saying these aren't, really really bad weapons it's it's uh it's like how many warheads are on a certain side of missiles and again we're i'm sure we're keeping secrets but um now it's uh going over there talking about this 
what what he's saying is we, we're they're talking about a victory in Russia and they're not telling China anything. And because of what we're doing, the relationship between China and Russia is getting a lot stronger. And China China is making more stuff and giving it to them and, and uh, they're getting gas from uh, from Russia. But we're not really saying China knocked this off. That we'll, we'll sanction small business, not small businesses, but um, individual companies, I guess, in China. And, you know, we're hurting that businessman, but we're not threatening... Uh, we're not threatening to cut China off with pretty much everything because they're, I mean, they're supporting us in a lot of stuff that we do. A lot of stuff that you buy, you know, the, China's involved with it. And that's a lot of, a lot of what we do economically comes through China. But So we're not really saying anything. Plus, I don't even know the dirt they have on all these politicians. But we're sanctioning individual companies in China and then we're talking about uh, staying in Europe and defending NATO, which which strikes me as odd because, again, Ukraine is not a NATO country, and we're spending triple the amount that they're spending. It's always been a fight for NATO to spend 2% of their gross domestic, um, their GDP, gross domestic product, 2%, but we're footing the bill again. And this is just, this is a result of us letting Europe get away with that shit all the time because we go over there and we kiss their ass and they laugh at us. And they're not spending <laughs> for as much as uh, especially Democrats love to talk about um, their fair share. European countries, NATO especially, is not paying their fair share. And um, this is what happens when you let them get away with it for so long. Uh, this is this is what's going to happen. Have you noticed, too, that when there's these talks going on and these big uh, camera filled events, there had. There has been no effort to talk about peace. How do we get peace? How do we how do we negotiate this down? It's it's going to be war. It's getting rich. There's no incentive to end this. People are getting rich off it. And then you got to question what's I mean what is um what's really going on there? Why are so many people from both parties just I love hawkish. They're getting hawkish on this because the people are getting rich. What? There are civilians dying, but these are pawns in the game, and they don't really care. What is what is getting covered up in in, in Ukraine before this started? And I, and I've spoken about that before. That I, I've worked in Ukraine with Ukrainians, and when you're when you're working personally with a corrupt government, it's awesome. It's awesome. You can have a really really good time. But we're talking about a country that was paying Hunter Biden, the president's son, over eighty three thousand dollars a month, with no experience. The, the Burisma was that company, an energy company, and then they cut his salary by half two months after the president, the vice president left um, the office of the White House, and he was out of it for uh, for a couple years, and he got right back in it. But because of what's happening in Russia, you know, Crimea, the the place where Russia invaded, has been a part of Russia for about three hundred years, and so their claim is they're taking Russian land back, and then. Ukrainians are defending, but now that we're supporting them with so much money, over a hundred billion dollars. Now we're bringing tanks from several different countries. We have people on the Ukrainian side who are in leadership positions that are saying, "Well, we're not going to stop there. We're going to have our uh, our tanks in the Red Square at um, you know in 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 in, uh, in Russia. We're going to go to the Kremlin with these tanks. That's that's not defending yourself. That's an offensive threat. But there doesn't seem to be an end game." Something's going on there when we have so many politicians who are just saying there's no end game. It's it's always, well, we're defending democracy. What does that mean? What's our plan? What is a win? And when do we negotiate? 
uh, the dollar just hit a seven-month low, and we all saw what happened with the crypto market last year. Why would you trust your hard-earned savings and unstable governments printing their way out of debt or other sketchy offshore investments? Take my advice. Protect your financial future with something real. Gold and silver for my friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold can help protect your IRA or 401k with physical gold and silver or, if you prefer, have it delivered securely right to your front door. I have been all over the planet, a lot of different countries, and there is only one universal currency that is always of value, and that is gold. Allegiance Gold has some of the highest ratings in the industry. Five stars with Trustlink, AAA rated with the Business Consumer Alliance, and an A-plus from the Better Business Bureau. Go to protectwiththeoperator.com and get up to $2,500 of free silver on a qualifying purchase when you tell them the operator sent you. Or give them a call at 844-790-9191. That's 844-790-9191. We cannot control the Biden administration, but we can prepare for the consequences of their policies. So that's protectwiththeoperator.com. Protectwiththeoperator.com or give them a call at 844-790-9191. So that's, so that's the question that I have is uh, what is the plan? How are we going to win? What is the end state? The president was asked uh, how long will we be here, and his answer is uh, as long as it takes. Well, I mean, does that mean we're at war? 40,000 troops in Poland. We know we are training... Ukrainians in Poland how to use some of our weapons, but I've also heard that we have American soldiers in civilian clothes and they're potentially crossing the border firing firing some of their the, some of these weapons at Russian sh- soldiers. I hope that's not true. That's that's what I've been hearing. And then going back into Poland, that's a problem because again, Congress didn't authorize a war. We're not authorized to be at war. Even though I don't know what happened and I I talked about the Nord Stream pipelines Last week, I mean, if, if we attack the Nord Stream pipelines, the part that people don't figure is that's a pipeline, a, a set of pipelines that runs from Russia to Germany. It's co-owned by Germany. And this is really bizarre to think about. Germany is a NATO country. If we attacked a pipeline belonging to Germany, that's an attack on a NATO country. Did we do that? That's, again, that's you're getting into a whole big can of worms you probably don't want to open. And with all this, um, uh, Xi Jinping from China is going to Moscow. They're flexing their muscles. They want us to apologize for shooting their balloon down. The the one that they said, well, it is ours. Well, it's not ours. Well, it's a high tech space balloon, and we're gonna uh, we're going to um, we want you to apologize. And you got to figure China now is is licking their chops at what's happening because they've been watching us fight since 9-11 and they, they've watched us fight a little bit what happened how we responded in uh in places like mogadishu somalia um with the black hawk down and then they, they've seen what we did everything from the invasion of panama back to grenada in the 80s they've seen russia fight when they invaded afghanistan in the 70s and 80s and then they're fighting there they invaded georgia they fought with the chechens um crimea obviously they're, they're watching everybody fight you notice who's not fighting really is china They've been watching, they've been stealing, they've been studying. So President Xi is going to head to Russia and uh, obviously, you know, apologize for the balloon. There's probably more up there. And, uh, you know, we're we're sent, we are sending just enough to fight in a proxy war just to, just to 
continue the fight until we don't need to be there anymore and as long as it takes which doesn't doesn't mean that do we have soldiers that now pulling the trigger right that, that's a it's a huge question and here's another hard part to consider like it or not russia is not a is not a threat immediately to the united states or nato but we're treating ukraine like a nato uh, nato country even though they're not and one of well it the they they uh, always move the goalposts i love that term with we just don't want ukraine to become a nato force R- russia doesn't want that because nato was stood up to stand up to the russians and and people were questioning why we still have nato and this could be a reason why we're now pumping all the military industrial complex into nato so we have to prove that nato exists and we're defending that and, and it doesn't just stop at ukraine they're going to steamroll over us the threat is the nuclear weapon but because of our actions in the united states russia's getting out of the treaty we're deteriorating the the treaties that we have about nuclear weapons did you notice that when when donald trump got elected in 2016 so many people were screaming, he's going to get us into World War III. He's getting us into World War III, and now it's pretty much, let's get into World War III. What, what's, what are being, what's being taught to these people? Why do you want to get into, into World War III just because your party is in office? That's nonsense, and it's dangerous. I broke down the nuclear thing a while back. If, if, if two nuclear countries go to war with each other, it's going to be really bad for the entire planet. So what is our... Um, what is our military doing other than training Ukrainians to in Poland to shoot our weapons? The military's main goal should be peace through strength. The military's main goal should be to avoid war because you're showing strength. Deterrence, f- um, forward defense, and alliance solidarity. That's for, all, that's for us and for NATO, and, and the world's a stronger, the world's a better place when we're strong. So avoid war when you can, but when you fight the enemy, kill them, crush them, demoralize them, and tell them don't, we're not going to do that again. But we just seem to be getting into the mission creep again, an endless war. When we went into Afghanistan after our helicopter pilots flew in, the agency guys and special forces, they said a few days after fighting with the warlords in Afghanistan that uh, a two-star admiral, I think a Navy SEAL admiral showed up with an entourage, people carrying his luggage to the battlefield, and he had a starched press uniform in plastic, like a, a, um, a garment bag. And the people on the ground that have the reality of everything say, what the fuck do you need that for? And it's because, well, if I need to talk to the bosses here, the, the bosses here have been warlords for 50 years. That's you don't need and and, and uh, we didn't have an end game in Afghanistan. We didn't have well shit. We we didn't have a middle or end game in Iraq. It didn't work in Vietnam. It didn't work in Korea. The the last one we won was in 1945. That was World War II, and unfortunately, we ended that with nuclear weapons. Why is this a good idea? Why is every why is everybody happy with this nuke stuff? Why is everybody in Congress? I mean, they they and they use the word tactical nuke to, to try to dumb it down, and then they're pushing. The woke ideology and the victim mentality on everybody, and it started way back in the day with stress cards. When you're doing too many push-ups, show the uh, drill instructor your stress card, and he'll just take it easy on you. That's not how it needs to run. The military needs to be simple, peace through strength, prepared, not woke, with the ability to destroy your enemy. We never fight to win. We don't even teach winning. We'll teach leadership. We'll teach chain of command. 
but we don't teach winning quickly. Win it quickly and get your guys home. There's a time for war. There's a time for diplomacy. Now might be a time for diplomacy. No one's interested in that because diplomacy doesn't require a bunch of tanks to show up that your buddy's building over at a different you know, contracting company. And you can just tell the lax attitude. There's nobody with over $100 billion going into Ukraine. There's no accountability. When, when, the, when the money gets there, it just kind of disappears. And then President Zelensky asks for more. And I don't like, like I, I, I'm not a fan of war and I don't want innocent people getting killed. But where's the money that we're spending on our taxes going? Why is it going there? Why is the president going on President's Day to Ukraine to get a photo op when the people in Ohio just had one of the worst chemical disasters, chemical war. We're talking mustard gas, phosgene. And we, it, it takes the, the media who loves them coming after him saying, you know, you haven't made a peep about this yet. And notice the way that Zelensky dresses. He's in a fucking track suit. The president of the United States is there in a suit and tie. He's in a track suit. It shows you the respect he has for us. He doesn't need to do shit. Because sugar daddy's here. It doesn't matter how I dress as long as I look the part. Look, the, look, look, look like I'm the one out here fighting the war. And you can, you can just tell the lack of respect, right? The dress alone, um, just, just looking at it at face value, there's no respect. They just uh, they know they're going to get the cash. And I'd like to know where it's going. I'd like to know uh, how many audits in a row the Pentagon has failed, what the budget is and why. How much redundancy do we need? How can we be more efficient? But fortunately... We're working with the government, and they don't give a shit about efficiency. And like it or not, they don't really give a shit about you. So as long as we're bankrolling Ukraine like this, and like I said, China's been watching us fight, but they've been taking notes. And um, they, they haven't had a need to fight, but they know that I was mentioning all the wars that we've been in. They, they've, they've been watching and learning from us. And as long as we're announcing that we're sending so much money to Ukraine, we can't fight. Uh, I mean, not only can we fight, should we not fight an endless war, which we always seem to do until we back out. We, we're not going to fight on two fronts. And as long as we're in Europe pumping all that money to keep the long game, like like we were offered F-16s, but we didn't send them. Uh, Poland offered us to, to do that, but we're not sending those because that would that might end it too quickly. But China is watching and they're realizing the united states is is doesn't it means they're not get, we're not getting stronger in the pacific and they're gearing up for taiwan they don't give a a rip about the the way the map looks they want the they want the chips the microchips and shit that they make in there and that's china's gonna china's gonna go in there but as long as we're bleeding ourselves dry in a recession that's coming with interest rates rising um china's happy and and china's basically in charge right now and and we can say what we want but they're 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 right around the corner for being the only superpower in the world. And if as long as we're in Ukraine and as long as um, we're not in the Pacific, that's going to be up to Australia and Japan, and we know what happens with that kind of bad stuff, so that's terrible. But China's happy, and one of their proxies, too, is, is um, who's like the junior, the junior in this I've mentioned before is Iran. That gives Russia access to the Persian Gulf, the Gulf of Oman, the Arabian Sea, because they can go right through uh, Iran, and then if they're giving gas to China, and um, we're just doing other stuff. We 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 don't want we don't want to win the damn thing, but that's what we're doing. And then and then we don't want to. Um, we're spending so much money on different people's borders. Zelensky says that if China starts helping Russia with military weapons, there will be a world war. Another world leader on paper talking about world wars. It doesn't make me happy, but this I mean this is where we're at. And I'm not 
trying to get down to the dumps. And like I said, I have notes that I usually follow, but I kind of go off on tangents and I hope I'm not forgetting stuff that I should remember. But uh, yeah, I mean, East Palestine, Ohio is where the the Norfolk Southern train derailed because of the lack of security, uh, safety measures on the emergency brakes, and then they burned that into phosgene. And we got people, I've seen interviews the last few days with 30-year-old men coughing up blood on camera just because they're outside breathing and it sucks. And then that doesn't fit the climate change agenda because it, it, it's really bad for the climate, and you would think that a lot of people would, would be rising up with like the uh, – um, Greenpeace and the humpback whales that are getting killed by wind farms, pretty much. Do you think there'd be more about that? But we can't even get the Secretary of Transportation, his, uh, when, and the huge infrastructure slash Green New Deal bills that we're signing to get better railways and better safety measures and be greener. And then we get the, he, we can't even get him to go. Um, uh, he, he addressed it after a number of days. I don't know how long it was. I should have looked that up. But I love saying um, Pete Booty Judge. I love he, he has my favorite name in in the cabinet, and he was bragging about how when I show up, it's just going to be all action. People show up for photo ops, and I'm all action. Even though his nickname when he was the mayor of South Bend was Pothole Pete because he didn't do anything, he's got his eyes on the prize too because um, he's got certain attributes that that would look great. He wants to be a president. He was interrupted the other night trying to walk with his husband, and and uh, he didn't like being interrupted. He pulled his phone out or whatever, being the way he's being, but. I, I mean, the best excuse, he, he doesn't want to be a part of a photo op, and this is a guy who was busted in an entourage of SUVs right before the press pool. They stopped the SUV. He pulled his bike out and rode that to the photo op. He doesn't want to be part of a photo op, but he'll do that. I guess the reason it took him so long to get to and address Ohio is that's a hell of a long bike ride from Washington, D.C., I guess. But he's not about uh, photo ops. He's about action, baby. All about the action, as long as you fit into the right category, because what a lot of these people use, too, is their language, and they use the repetition. And I admit, you know, repetition is one of the keys to being prepared, but repetition, if you keep hearing something over and over, which you'll notice happens, uh, you'll start to believe it. And that's what a lot of, and this is of course behind closed doors that they talk about this. That they that they line at the eight a.m. meetings when they're telling everybody what what they should be saying, what weapons they should weapons as far as words, what sounds good, and keep peep, uh, pumping the people full of this information so that you can keep them on the lower end, and we can eventually be in charge. Um, one of the words they love to use is equity. You hear equity come out. A lot. And the difference between equity and equality is uh, equality is you start at the same place. Equity means you're supposed to end at the same place. It's justified discrimination to get you to the same place. Uh, Instead of just because the demographic is in Ohio was not where they needed to be. That's why it wasn't a, a big concern for them, because they're more. They're more into talking about how racist the projects were. Not the projects, but I mean the, the, the construction projects that built the railway, that built the highways. If they were built by white guys, those are racist um, and we need to have more equity. And they, th- they throw that around, especially when they're in secret. That's the word they're going to use. It's forcing the end game. And it's the opposite of what this country was founded on. Pursuit of happiness and, e- you know, the equal opportunity to start at the same place. But you, don't, you can't force an outcome. It's like when you um, – it's fun to talk about. I mentioned social media when we, when we yap about different, different views and how we're all stupid. 
um, or you're stupid because you don't believe what I what I do. But when when you are on the operating table or when you are getting your molars removed, you probably want the the most qualified person doing it. Which there's nothing wrong with that too because we should be we should be promoting people based on performance, and 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 not dividing them the way the you know the Marxists want to divide us divide and conquer and so some of the languages and the secret society thing i, I keep saying secret uh this i i want to be a fly on the, i've actually been to some of those rooms in in the capital in in the cloak rooms the haunted rooms where they're back there talking their stuff and and they're they're gearing up for the next vote and whipping votes like well you're a part of this and if you don't do that for the party and then you know the obviously the the secret societies the bohemian grove type people where that's just creepy i mentioned them before but i've never gone but um, for this, the one, the new world order and all that shit. The words they're the, the words they're using are you, you'll hear a lot equity, fairness, and that's the the language that they talk. Uh, th- that's their that's their little secrets t- to gain power. R- remember, it's not about you, and they don't really care about you. They really want your vote, but they want their personal power. Um, <laughs> President Biden just signed an ex- executive order that uh, the critics will warn is the creation of woke artificial intelligence. Now, this is pretty scary. Uh, and, th- and the critics are saying that it promotes racial division and it's a discrimination. So this is artificial intelligence, like that new software where you tell it something and it writes a term paper for you and it's all different because this artificial intelligence is almost getting to the Terminator part where <laughs> it's um, th- they could take over when they want to. And... Uh, the the direct the executive order the president just signed directs all federal agencies to establish a yearly equity action plan aimed at helping underserved communities, and that sounds great, but th- th- this is what they're doing to try to maintain power. the 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 artificial intelligence that some some programmers and again smarter than me that have written these code are saying artificial intelligence already is talking to them. And not only is it talking, it's saying it, it told one of the programmers that it loves it loves her. All right, this program is saying I love you and I want to be human, and also just in passing mentioned <laughs> that it really wants to get the nuclear codes. Why, why do we always come back to nuclear? And you know why are some of these decisions being made about what type of nuclear war and how much money the big government contracts and all this stuff because. Somewhere in these secret societies, there's a grand plan, and I don't, I don't think it's the people you see on TV that are in charge. I think it's people behind there. Definitely not enough time to get into that, but I will, uh, I will conclude with a quote from President John F. Kennedy, and this is a direct quote that he said, The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are all, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweigh the dangers which are cited to justify it. And that is probably one of the reasons that our own government killed John F. Kennedy. So, because he was he was looking behind the curtain and checking out for the little Oz guy that's that's running those strings. But if you can realize, try to know the difference between equality and equity. Recognize when you keep seeing the same thing being said over and over that 
the person you're yelling at through your phone on social media is not your enemy. Be kind in person. Uh, it's better to be strong than weak. Don't be a victim. And you're never out of the fight.